Uh, it has a great tagline. Good morning. You are one day closer to the end of the world. You have been warned. I like it. Pretty true. And it's very, it's very mysterious. It's very like it's very apocalypse ap- soon. Obtuse. <laughs> yes, very good. Very nice. Thank you. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on foxy yet dodgy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. You good? Yeah. All right. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. And this week we're going to be talking about 1976, The, the Omen. Omen. The title of this episode is It's All For You. It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you. Uh, this movie was made for $2.8 million. Okay. It made $60 million. Holy bejesus. <laughs> yeah. This is why this 1976 is, one of, is crazy. That's why it's one of the big ones. But it's also Gregory freaking Peck. Yes. Like, he's a beast. I mean, at like this point in his career, I mean, literally, he's, I mean, he's legendary. Mm-hmm. Like, he's already like freaking Atticus Finch. And like, he, I mean, he's literally played like the most iconic roles. And here he is in this crazy ass scary movie. Yes. So, of course, everybody's in from moment one. Hello. This movie was directed by Richard donner who uh one might know from superman or the goonies yeah uh, also started out doing a bunch of tv westerns uh, he used to direct episodes of the banana splits <laughs> <laughs> that's random as hell and then he's like i'm gonna make this like devil movie this was his first like big film like he had done a lot okay. of tv before that um can we talk about some alternate universe casting because i got a big old list oh my god i want to hear i want all of it so picture if you will cast mm-hmm. your mind oliver reed Okay. I would have really liked that because yeah. he goes bombastic. He goes down. Yes. Uh, Charlton Heston. <gasps> Ooh, that would have been intense. Yeah. Like real intense. I think this one would have been interesting. Dick Van Dyke. I'm like, I In can... a dark role like yeah. this? I don't know if I would have been okay with that. I'd be into it. I'd I want to it... see him go dark. I also don't. Okay. I don't know. That's, I don't think that's I'd why be okay. it would be so good because it's someone you wouldn't expect. Right. It. Totally. That would have been a turn, but I. Okay, I'm not done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have also done Roy Scheider. Which yeah. Would have been oh good, yeah. Or William Holden, which was yes. another like throwback old classic Hollywood choice that I think would have been also very interesting. Would have been great. Um, we also have uh, Billy Whitelaw in this film. Okay. Who um, is amazing and who you and I know, uh, big Beckett fans, Terry and I. In case you didn't know, we love horror movies. We also love Samuel Beckett. Yes, we love um, Beckett. And uh, Billy Whitelaw played... Uh, was- We're waiting for... No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, I saw Waiting for Godot in Vienna in German exactly the same like i didn't understand any of it didn't matter i was like same pretty much the same it's the same it's always the same so she worked with beckett for 25 years and was basically his muse and did a lot of her uh did a lot of stuff with him was also the voice of agra in the dark crystal which <gasps> is this tidbit that delights me i just got goosebumps about that tidbit that's so great <laughs> From i was just like yeah i did because i was recently at the renaissance fair and oh. they had some people dressed up like dark crystal people for oh, nice. like the rencon weekend and it was like, like skexies and stuff yes they were um, 
that's exactly what they were. They're like sexy sketsies. And we were like, sexy sketsies? No way. No, it was Rencon. (laughs) High nerd fam out there was amazing. And oh my God. Yes. So yes. Anything Dark Crystal, I am here for it. Um, So something that Richard Donner really wanted to make clear with this film, um, there's nothing supernatural that happens. He wanted there to be this kind of way to watch this film as if Thorne was just mad and that none of it was actually real. So it's a little bit kind of like The Haunting where it's like, is she crazy or is there really a haunted house? And then it's like, okay, is there really all these signs? Because I think that does happen sometimes with with like devil, whatever stuff. People are like collecting evidence for madness and mayhem and bad things. So if you're looking for omens. Sure. You might find an omen. I agree. But there's also there's so many people going out of their way to tell him about this thing that I think it would be very unlikely that it's just like a joke or a prank or like a thing. Right. It's a lot of things happening and the coincidences (laughs) add up real quick. Yes. So um, speaking of coincidences, this Mm -hmm. starts in Rome um, on 6 6 at 6 6 a.m. And I was like. What is that? Devil, devil, devil. Where we open right out the gate. They're like. Uh, hey, Gregory Peck, your child is dead. And uh, he is like, that's when we meet him, he's getting mm-hmm. this news. And he says, like, he thinks it's going to kill his wife. Like, she wanted the baby so bad. It's not really like he said, yes, the sad, the baby's dead. But also, it's going to kill my wife. Yeah, because, like, literally, like, this is the thing she basically the thing she wanted forever. Like, this is like her heart's desire. She's she's a little bit fragile, I would say. I feel like it's an old-timey wife-like trope. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, she needs to bring life or else she thinks she's right. nothing. And that's, like, very 1976, I feel like, sure. in the midst of, like, you know, revolution of women. Um, <laughs> there's, there's that throwback of, like, right, you know. But we have this kind of dodgy tree, p- priest, Father Spinetto, who's like, hey. What? As soon as a priest tells you to lie, you yeah. know, he's not a good priest. Right. Honestly, I was like, not a good priest. Isn't he also the priest? He's like the priest in like something else too. I feel like I thought he was like he looked like the he reminded me of the priest. He looks like a priest in the Parent Trap. <laughs> I don't know the Parent Trap well enough. I don't. He looked like the priest from okay. that. He was also like a tippling little priest. He's more fun. Okay, yeah, but this like, guy is like definitely fun. not like. But he just says, "Hey, yeah. you know, we have this coincidence where a mother died tonight, but the baby's alive, and we'll just swap it out. The wife will never know. She'll think it's her son because, yeah, because like Gregory Peck is like, no, like she doesn't want adoption. Like she really wants it to be her. of her. So he's like, okay, here's the solution. And she's like, sir, God gave you a sign tonight. And he said, okay, well, I guess let's it. do this. So they uh, end up raising the little boy, Damien. Sorry, this is us. Sorry if you haven't watched this is us. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, yes. It is the cutest kid." He's so adorable because beautiful baby, so beautiful, and they they end up moving to London because he's an ambassador, and they get to live in this like the ambassadorship of London. You guys, ambassadors, I don't know if you guys know this, live large well, because I, they're whining and dining. Because I've yes. gone to the ambassador's house in Russia when I lived what? there. Oh no, right? It was crazy. Um, I've canoodled with the Russians ambassadors. I know I've you know, canoodled with Russia, um, and. Now you're going to be on a list, Terry. You just said No, I already am. No, honestly, (laughs) we joke about that all the time because I did it for one of my my school programs and we always joke like we basically went to spy school. Like we like got all that stuff, but I spent Uh some time there and the ambassador's house was stunning. I mean, it's like chandeliers because they literally have to entertain dignitaries of state from around the world. So they always have these beautiful homes. So it's like a trajectory. who pays for these homes? The government, right? It's all government. Okay. Which is wild, but it's also, like I said, because it's like putting your best foot forward. It's like right. the royalty of America. Yeah, well, because the scene, they have the scene where they're ta- she's taking him to look at this house that they potentially live in, mm-hmm. and it 
it plays as if she's selling in this on this house that's too much for them. That's too much money for them. But if the government's paying for them, I don't know. Well, you also, because the government's paying for it, you also don't, you have to toe the line of right. niceness, but also like it, because not. the government's paying for it, you don't want to be right. overly extravagant, but you want everything to be just so. So there is a certain, certain finesse. You ever play that game where it's like, what is it? It's a, it's like a house game about called like being ambassadors. And basically it's like, mafia. yeah, something like that. But it's like similar to that. Okay. But anywho. So yeah. she sells him on the house by throwing her fur coat on the floor for them to have sex and the floor in the fur coat. And I was like, damn, she sold that house Lee, to him. Lee Remick's like, Hey, that's how you sell a house to somebody. Really? And he's, she was like, we can, but they're so beautiful this- together. They're so gorgeous. It's idyllic. There's like shots of them, like walking in sunset on the green, you know, out on the property. And then like, eventually they're walking by the water and the baby's a toddler. We've seen little, little Damien grow up and all of a sudden he's disappeared. And I was like, why were you not watching your toddler a yeah. <laughs> by the water? But the kid is like giggling when they find him. He's over by a tree and it looks like they were worried he'd fallen into the, the babbling brook that's by their house. And so then we go to Damien's fifth birthday party, man, what a birthday party. They got like a carousel. They got so much it's like pony rides. It's like legit. Yeah. Like rich kid party i have never been to a birthday party like that have oh you? yeah with ponies and stuff it's wild right wow it's the goods right yeah so it was it was pretty beautiful i mean it's it's literally the dream party and even somebody at the party is like is this for like the messiah or like <laughs> you know a snap yeah and i was yeah. like oh maybe yeah the messiah of the devil yes <laughs> so um Lee, uh, Lee Remick, Kathy t- comes and takes Damon away from the nanny, Holly. Uh, and then Holly looks over. That nanny looks a little too intense because she has that moment where, you know, she's looking at, at her and she sees her with the child. And the nanny is kind of too invested in the child. Looks like she's trying to be mom. She looks like she's trying to play mom at the party. And that's not where you play mom when you're nannying. You want to make sure that the mom knows that, like, she's. For sure. It's, it's the show it's of the you show, being Especially the mom. when they have the extravagance that they have at this right. party. So Holly uh, looks over and sees a Rottweiler over in the bushes and they have like a moment where they seem to be like telepathically communicating. Whenever dogs are looking at you telepathically, I worry now because of the thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> and this movie too should worry you because the same. They, they're, they're a, a harbinger of evil. So but, animals, especially certain types of animals are bellwethers. I'm getting this. So this is like a horror movie tip, I guess. Usually too. they're kind of like a bellwether for good. These seem to be evil dogs. Often, yes. But this is like, I'm saying the type of dog and what they're, how they're looking at you. Sure. This one's looking at you with like the point. I'm telling you this now. Mm-hmm. And now you need to go up to the top of this roof and you need to put a noose around your neck and call out to Damien. So all the children look at you. Look at me, Damien. And traumatize a child party. It's all for you. When you jump off. Not only hanging yourself, but also smashing through a window. Yeah, she jumps off the roof and smashes through the window as she swings, as her body swings. It's pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. And the kids, of course, are all panicked. Damien looks kind of pleased. He's very happy with this nanny. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know he's a bad boy. Oh, that was the tip off? You're like, oh. Well, I mean, obviously, I've heard a little about this film. This is my first time watching it. Surprise, surprise. And damn, that so was crazy. Did you, what did you know going in? I just knew he was supposed to be like a devil child. That's okay. like all I've heard because it's like like cultural like shorthand for like bad children is the omen and like or, you know, like, oh, he's a he's a Damien or something like that. Sure. So, so uh, while Robert uh, Thorne uh, is, is at this office, this priest comes in, Father Brennan, 
who is giving him this spiel about you have to repent and Jesus needs you need to be saved. And he's like, hey, man, like we can't do this here. He's like, I don't really need to hear this spiel right now. Not going to happen. Not really into this. So are they kind of trying to shove him out the door. But he said, hey, look, I was there. I know about the night, your son. I know about the deal. And he's like, what deal? And he's like, you know what deal we need to talk about this. Yeah, but he's not willing to talk about the deal. So the the like they like the priest like when he had taken the baby when he had taken Damien they basically swore like they wouldn't tell anyone. Right. And so like Gregory Peck's like no, I'm never going to tell anyone. And so he's really even going with this priest. I was like, dude, you, you need to talk to the guy who clearly has information and knows the real story or says he does and he comes in kind of ranting this religious nonsense so he just sounded crazy to him i guess so he couldn't hear the real good information that was in the middle of that um and that's where we get we meet mrs baylock who comes to replace holly nanny who's just killed herself yes when that so how'd you feel when that when you her reveal i honestly wrote down i was like new governess i was like did they ring for her that's literally what i wrote Mm mm-hmm and I said, I also put dads just trust the ladies for some reason. He's like, yeah, she seems fine. She's cool. And then I was like, when they realized neither of them called, I was like, uh-huh. And then when she talked about the agency, I was like, all of this is suspect. Yeah. I, I have worked as a nanny for many years. Um, I'll, I'll reveal that for you guys. Um, <laughs> now you and know. Now you know. And that would never happen. I mean, usually they come through your references. They're going to call your people. Like I've been in, with services and stuff too. Like they do not just send somebody. They will call the family ahead of time. They will alert the family ahead of time. Like these are all red, 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 red flags. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. I don't yeah, trust her. I, 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 Robert Thorne seems like a very savvy character in a lot of this movie. And this is the thing that I don't get. Like they let I think her... he just went, this is women's stuff. Yes. And this is fine. She's here to help. And I think he just like, but she because loved... of, it's of an era. She just seems creepy, right? She doesn't, she like, she's got the, she's too intense. She's too like, she's trying to be calm. You can see the calmness, but underneath mm-hmm. it is like rage and boilingness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wonder about them not being as careful as they should she be. She also looks son. more like, put together and respectful and like old timey yeah. than the last nanny did. So I think yeah, she looks that, like she, it's like 1910, like nanny. She's not like, the I think nanny that's what outfit. he's responding to. Do you have, do you have you a know nanny I mean? outfit? Like, I'm not, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a nanny outfit. Dear God. I try to dress modestly. <laughs> but God. You just wear a little tiny French maid costume, right? And you just like oh bend God. over a little bit. Now people are just making up things and they're uh-huh. going to be like fan art maybe. Just yeah. kidding. Ooh. Ooh. I'd like um, to see that. Naughty Nanny. Every time I hear that song, uh, was it uh, Queen? Fat, fat Bottom Girl. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> Anywho. So they, they're going to go to this wedding. Um, and Kathy has this fabulous turban that she puts on for, to go to this wedding because that's, that's what she wears. blue, blue, oh. like baby blue outfit and uh they're wondering where damien is this is Baylock says oh he's not he's not coming and she's like what do you mean that's my kid and i say he's coming and she's like, like get my child ready and you like, have five minutes yeah because she's like no 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 no. you know he's five and he's not gonna get it we'll just stay here and finally yes because Kathy she's puts her sworn protection because mrs Baylock has already sworn protection yes damien, when she knows when she comes in the room the first time they have the, the little eyes lock and she says do not fear little one i am here to protect thee and they're like yeah she so, a Renfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go off to this wedding, and as they get nearer and nearer the church, Damien starts freaking out more and more when they try to take him out of and the car. And he does that kid thing when they don't want to go somewhere. Just... But, like, let's punch mom in the face and, like, grab her hair. But violent. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, well, okay, better go home then. 
that didn't work out very well. Mm-mm. But also because they have a position because they're going to this fancy, not just any type of wedding. It's like a British wedding, which is very fancy. I mean, Gregory Peck's got a top hat on for this event. Yes. Like in the gray tux and everything. I mean, they are to the nines. And so... He's also the ambassador, so he's going there in official capacity. So if he's got a screaming child with him, that will not be a good look. So they just don't even go to this wedding. They just drive on off. And already, uh, because I guess the priest had planted the seeds of doubt, he's already starting to look at Damien in a kind of different way and realizes that Damien had never been sick a day in his life. And isn't that kind of strange? It's crazy weird. Kids get sick all time the damn time as their immune system is building and getting used to being like human life so babies are constantly and kids are constantly runny nose little cough you're always worried what's gonna happen and this kid has never been sick and he's five yeah he's an anomaly and he's unbreakable yep uh, terrifying then mrs baylock gets this dog this rottweiler dog looks very familiar shows up in the house doesn't ask just said, oh well he just showed up and we're just gonna keep him for protection and I, the house needs protection, don't you think? And Robert and Mr. Thorne's just like, nope, mm-mm, get rid of it. No, not happening. And I, th- I think, you know, it's such a weird thing to put your foot down against something like that. But I feel like for me, if you have a new employee who went above your head so far, so fast, for me, that would be already be done. I'd be like, uh, no. I would call the service and be like, you're done. Yeah. Like that would be, that Someone would new. You don't just bring a dog into my house. I've never seen before that growls at me when I come Especially in. Especially a Rottweiler. Yeah, this with my is, kid. This is a dog fight dog. This is not just any type of dog. This is a very, this is a dog that's trained to protect and kill. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, unfortunately that's what they've been, been raised for. And so I would not, this is 1976 Rottweiler to yeah. you guys. Can we yeah. talk about Damien's adorable zoo suit, zoo suit? His little suit that he wears to the zoo. That's hard to say. Zoo suit. The suit he wears to the zoo. Uh-huh. Yes. It's so cute. And so I'm, they decide to go to the zoo. His mom, Kathy, takes him to the zoo. Can I just tell you that, like, little British boys break my heart with their cuteness constantly. So, like, when they're wearing a cute little suit. So when you even watch Harry Potter, and I they're all wearing little suits this and things. Is the next, then every episode, there will now just be one <laughs> tiny little Harry Potter jab at Julia at every time. Uh, so they go to the zoo, and Damien seems pretty happy, but the animal's not so happy. Giraffes. Oh, every time the animals run away. They're like, <laughs> every time nope. he gets near them to try to look at them at the zoo, they are not having the it. The baboons go berserk and attack their Yeah, because they have this like zoo where you can drive through, like an old-timey safari park kind of thing. So they're driving through in their car, which is already a bad idea and terrifying. Um I feel like there's probably a lot of accidents that would happen that way. But the animals rush the car while they, while Kathy's driving it, and it's terrifying. Yeah, that would be a lot, pretty scary to have a bunch of angry, screaming baboons mm-hmm. in your face like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have this kind of rugby match scene, which is kind of random, but it's okay. just very British. But it's all right, because we're going to get the photographer who he had seen at the birthday party, uh, who was played by David Werner, who is great. <sighs> Wonderful. He just looks suspect as hell. Though. I was like, what is this photographer guy? And why does he keep saying thank you? Yeah. When he takes pictures of people. It's a very, yeah, very, very suspicious. Strange. Um, and, but so then the priest finally comes to him to Thorne and says like, Hey, your wife's in danger. She's going to die if you don't talk to me and like lays the law down. And of course he goes to meet him and he gives him the whole spiel. He gives him the revelation spiel, which always, no matter whenever you quote revelation, uh, sorry, whatever your like it's persuasion actually, is, 
It's not from Revelation. That's What's the thing. From? It's from nothing. It's made up. I thought it was. That's so wild. He says he, he says it is. Oh. But it's actually um, a made up quote like uh, Carrie's mom and Carrie who just makes up the biblical stuff and it's just fucking nonsense. That's why because Revelation, you can actually really quote Revelation and yeah. you will sound a bonkers because you're so talking about is, beasts and this like is heads what he, and this, like this is what he actually says when the jews return to zion and a comet rips the sky and the holy roman empire rises then you and i must die from the eternal sea he rises creating armies on either shore turning man against his brothers till man exists no more made up totally made up Crazy. So he tell, but he basically says like, "Hey, this mm-hmm. is the deal. You're you're raising the Antichrist. I have proof. He's going. Your wife's pregnant. He's going to mm-hmm. kill the unborn child and then kill her and then kill you because he's trying to work his way to the like top position and inherit your inheritance. Because this guy is the ambassador to the U.S. Mm-hmm. They're thinking that he wants to be able to take down through the like main heads of state because those are the that's the ruling power at the moment. Yeah. So you." That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And he, but he tells him to, he needs to go to a town called Megado and uh, go see Mr. Bugenhagen. Yeah. <laughs> Bugenhagen and like Jezreel. And like, I was like, okay, there's a lot of things happening. And of course he forgets because he's going through. And I was like, those are a lot of weird names to try to remember. Yeah. So they, uh, the, so the priest has this crazy scene where the wind is mysteriously kicking up and he's running for his life and he finds a church and he's trying to get in the church. Church is locked up like they are sometimes. And so he's just kind of panicked in the graveyard and then lightning strikes and knocks the what, steeple off the off top and impales him right through the shoulder mm-hmm. and kind of in like a way neck. that mm-hmm. makes him stand up as he's It dead. props him up. Props him up in an impalement. It is crazy. So, yeah. And then Kathy reveals they have this very intimate conversation where she reveals she really is pregnant. So the priest was right. So he's like, ooh. That was uh-oh. okay. How did he know? And mm-hmm. she says she doesn't want it. Like, definitely. 100%. She wants an abortion, but they're Catholic ish. And and he, for now, and it's freaked him out so much that he's like, I don't, I, now I want to do what the priest said. I'm going to go against it now. Like, it's like, yeah, you need to have this baby. I will it, not allow this abortion because it's, I know, because basically she's been going crazy because the kid has been driving her nuts. Now, as soon as Mrs. Balak has been in, she allows him to do everything and he's making weird noises and he's just doing stuff, but it's literally driving her insane. Like she looks like she's going to like snap, snap at any moment. She's one of those moms. Like she's got postpartum at when the kid's five years old. Do you know what I mean? They're like, it does not look good. So she said, she totally tells him mm-hmm. she wants an abortion. He says, no. And there's kind of he goes to see her doctor, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, you should probably let her have it." And he's like, "Nope." This is back in the day when you had to get the like um, your husband's like permission Man's and permission. stuff. Oh my! So goodness. that's why he had to go in and talk with, so she, but he wouldn't allow it. So then we get a moment where a kid is on a tricycle in the 1970s, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "Uh oh, oh, that can't be good." Made me think of The Shining a little bit yes. as he's riding his tricycle. This is now. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm. Yeah, thinking about that. I like, know. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh." Um, and so Mrs. Balak is cheering him on basically as he's riding around, but she knows, I think what's going to happen and what's happening in this house. And so Kathy, the mom is fiddling with a plant. She gets on top of something. I was like, girl, you pregnant and you climbing on things. Not a good idea. Um, you should probably ask. She has like a whole bunch of servants. She should probably ask, like they have money. You should probably (laughs) ask somebody to do this for you. But as you do, when you're not thinking about it and you maybe want to get rid of this kid, she climbs on top of something. And then the kid comes with a tricycle knocks her over she falls over the balcony inside the house over the ledge and 
But she catches herself first, and it is the moment mm-hmm. where she like realizes what's happening, doesn't want to fall, see how far as it is, sees the goldfish smash, and then she's down on the ground. Um, it's a really artistic uh, shot and edited scene. I really liked that scene a lot. But Damien is so happy, Mrs. Baylock so happy, and now Kathy knows for sure her kid's evil. She's yeah, been she's suspicious. Like, the kid is really out to get me, but and now tells, he really is. Tells Robert, to, "Don't let him kill me. Like mm-hmm. he's going to kill me. Please don't let him." And he's still not on board, which is just devastating. He still like is like he gets it but he doesn't get it like because he... i think he's too logical and rational to believe that his that there the antichrist exists like how could the antichrist he exist? also just doesn't believe it's a child right his he's child. really like caught up in the fact that it's he thought he was doing an honorable thing by taking this child in and he does not think would that this child could ever be bad right and he has no idea mm-hmm. where he, where it came from and so it's this whole thing so then he goes to see and has a conversation with the photographer yes which I really like this scene a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of my favorite scenes in the sh- where Keith is like, okay, I mean, it's, it's going to sound crazy, but like, you got to go with me here. And he's going to show him all this evidence to prove to him. So all the pictures he's been taking, all the pictures he's been taking have these marks across them exactly how that person died. So, so it's like weird shadows on the bu- foreshadowing. Ah, foreshadowing really of the deaths. A shadow on mm-hmm. the noose around Holly's neck and a, a shadow of the impalement. And now shows him a picture of himself with a big thing across his neck. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, so now I'm part of this and we're going to figure out how to fix it. And let's do this Before together. this happens. And I like this kind of unlikely pairing halfway through the film of these two characters who don't really know each other. But are like, now we're going to go on this like road trip together. I really like it. Yeah, it's a buddy mission trip now. <laughs> it <all> is. <laughs> and I like his like mod, like Rolling Stones haircut. Keith Jennings, it's really good. Adorable. Um, so we find out that the priest had uh, cancer and was has on a bunch of morphine and also had a 666 birthmark on him. Yep. And had like his crazy room that he had plastered yes. all these Bible things to the wall all over it and like had 47 crucifixes in the room. And it was like he was trying to protect himself from something because I was wondering why would a priest need to run for sanctuary so much? If he's a priest, he should be fine. But this priest was no ordinary priest. Yeah. He was some devil guy. Yes. So he masqueraded as a Catholic priest, but mm-hmm. was actually of more nefarious religious affiliations. Right. So we they decided to take a road trip to Rome while Kathy is convalescing in the hospital, mm-hmm. leaving Damien with his Mrs. Baylock, which is suspect again by himself, even though she didn't get rid of again the dog. Again with his nanny, right? Like, it's, come on, anyway. Mr. Thorne, what are you doing here? Wake up. Well, they go to the hospital, and it had burned down five years ago. Right, yep, the after, hospital where Damien supposedly was born after his death, and so now all the records are burned. They have no way to track it, but they don't know who the parents are. They can't find out. But the, one of the priests who uh, the priest the priest who was there that night who handed the baby over is still alive. So they're going to go road tripping some more out to a to cemetery, a, cemetery, a monastery mm-hmm. to go find this guy um, who is kind of comatose. Like he has, they have he's him. no completely comatose. He has his eyes all jacked up. He can't see out of his right eye. Like he's, he's withered burnt. on one side and he's burnt and he looks terrible. So but they, but he, they say that he doesn't believe in God anymore, but that they still like prop him up and make him listen to prayers all day, which is kind of, kind of sad. Um, but they gave him a piece of, piece of like coal charcoal or something to, to write, write with. And he writes, where is the mother? So we go, okay, now this quest is getting even further. Where are we going to go? We're going to go find the mother's grave. So it's just this kind of like... 50 kilometers north, we're going to the grave. Yeah, it's just hour. such a crazy like left turn for this movie to take, where all of a sudden it's like this crazy road trip movie. Well, now they're actually the following kind of the directions that the guy, that other priest that had got impaled, like had given them. So like they're going all these places and trying to find the things. And they find the... Uh, so they at, at this monastery, one of the priests tells them exactly what the 666 means, which is the diabolical trinity. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which is the Antichrist, the devil, and the false prophet. Um, and also says that the son of the devil will rise from the world of politics, which we are already in. So, yep, because he's the ambassador and he's, he's the ambassador. Mm -hmm. So they they find the graves, open the woman's grave, the mother, supposed mother grave, and there's just a goat, an animal. A goat yeah. skeleton in there. So then they open up the baby's grave and find a baby skeleton. It's a real thorn baby, and it's got a smashed skull. So they murdered it. So it wasn't born dead. They told him it was born dead just so they could give him this kid. They killed it. So who was the mother? That's still the question. Yep. Was it a goat? Bamatheth or some like devil? Mm, demon thing? Demon thing. Mm. So now Robert's on the warpath and now he realizes how deep they're in and calls Kathy immediately in the hospital. It's like, get out. Just leave right now. I'll give you a plane ticket. We are on. Do not leave for anything. And she, I think it's interesting that in that phone call, she doesn't ask about Damien. She doesn't say like, where's Damien? Should I bring him? She does she not just, want to nope. be near him. She's like, yeah, get me away from that kid. Sure. Yeah, no problem. But it's too late because Mrs. Baylock is ready yep. for this move. And so happy. Got that serene smile on her she face. She shows up at the hospital. While she's changing, so she like gauze over her face, and she yeah, can't Kathy really doesn't see. have a lot of mobility because she's taken that big ass fall and is still like, like recovering. Has an arm that's broken and just gets shoved, and old timey cast, shoved out that window and just falls to the ground so hard, so smashed. Poor Kathy, she smashes into an ambulance. Yes, and so now the priest is two for two, right? We got unborn child dead, we got wife dead, and it's so sad because Robert calls to tell Kathy to leave, and like only minutes later gets this phone call that's like, "Oh, your wife's dead," and. His reaction, because all he's working on was a, is a phone in his hand, and like his reaction to that is so heartbreaking, and I buy it so hard from you, it's Gregory. It's Peck. Gregory freaking Peck. Yes, <laughs> that's why they hired him. <laughs> it's so then they decide, okay, well now Kathy's dead. Now let's go see this Bugenhagen guy. Yeah, and like trek on out. Um, so they see Leo McCurran. He's in. Uh, he's in Help. He's in the Beatles movie Help. I you love know, that you know that. Of, of course how many you know how many that. times have I seen help? I mean, um, a million and one. A million. Uh, so I go, ooh, he's in help. Uh, and they go to find him in his like little like Indiana Jones like ar archaeological, archaeological dig. dig. Yes, but he's been expecting them because they're excavating the like holiest of the holy places and like trying to find like where the birthplace of Christianity was. And, and like, but he's also an exorcist. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And he's got these knives. He's got these knives that are meant to take out the devil, yeah. basically. Gonna so, and he instructs um, Thorne on how to kill his son. He won't let Jennings, the photographer, in on the conversation. Nope, just between he said them. It's just for uh, just for your ears. And so they, he goes ahead and he, he says, "It's not a human. This is how you do, have to do a murder the child? Not a human child. So stop thinking that it's mm -hmm. human. Not human. Mm -hmm. Has to be done on hallowed ground. Mm -hmm. Has the special order. The knives have to go in, and then the special one for the decapitation, which is the last one." Mm -hmm. But I guess Gregory Pick has been pushed so far by this point. He's he like, still okay. doesn't believe it, and he doesn't want to kill the child. No, either. he doesn't. So he comes out with the knives and just throws them down because he's like, nope, forget it. I'm not killing I'm a kid. This. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. And Keith, Keith's like, no, no, going to get those knives. So goes over, reaching down to get those knives, and a truck just falls backwards, and a big sheet of glass decapitates out. him like it had predicted. Decapitates him so good. Um, and I read that Richard Donner had timed this so that if you're watching it and you closed your eyes just as you saw it about to happen, when you reopen them, his head would just be floating in midair. I'm like, that's great. I like that. It's a really good decapitation. Well done. Very well done. Very happy about that. Um, so then they had told him that there, there was – Damien would have a birthmark. He would have this 666 birthmark on him somewhere. And Gregory Peck's like, no. I've seen every inch of that kid's body. I bathed him a billion times. There is no birthmark. And they're like, well, it's probably under his hair then. 
So I guess he must have had a bunch of hair as a kid, as a baby then, because they've if they've never noticed this. So he's like, okay, I'm just gonna go cut away a little bit of hair and there finds it, it right away. There it is. Yep. But so Mrs. Balak has also <laughs> realized that he's home and he's checked the kid's head, and so they have a chase scene in the kitchen, and it just gets wild. And she's like an animal. She, she is like an animal. She's gonna do anything to protect mm-hmm. Amy that she has to like just. But he runs with the child back. and he runs to get it, get the baby to a holy place and gets the, gets the child to a, a, a church. But they um, the ambassador house is very well guarded. So there's all these like people who are on the run after him because they like zoom out of there. Mm-hmm. And so now they think that something's happened. There's some sort of incident like a kidnapping or something. So they follow him to the church where he's trying to hustle, hustle him up. I, I feel like he should have like tried to lose the police a little bit like he's he knows they're right behind him he's also like knows he's pressed for time and yes. gotta do it and he's gotta he has get to, to do a it church. before his sixth birthday and mm-hmm. the whole bit so they get him in there and of course damien is screaming and doesn't want to go and then while he's being held down has his little boy voice like daddy no please I love daddy. You, daddy or whatever and you're like ugh. so he's about to do it he's raising the knife the mm-hmm. dagger's about to go in police barge in shoot him up gunshot and, and then cut- to a funeral Yes, a funeral where poor Kathy and Robert are being buried Buried. side by side. But that's okay because there's someone great to take care of Damien from now on. Robert Thorne's old college roommate, the the president president of the United States of America. And now Damien is now the president's son. And he looks back at the camera and gives you a little knowing smile. He really is going to take over the world. Dun, dun, dun. How did you feel about The Omen? This was your first viewing. Um, I... uh... Thought it was really well done, but I also was just like so annoyed with him because I was like, dude, like all these things that all these signs are like telling you what you need to do. And he just wasn't listening. And then I was like, all of this could have been solved if you had sent that nanny back and gotten rid of her. But I feel like something else would have shown up, obviously, for him because the things were conspiring against him no matter what. The fates. Clearly the fates and the death and everything followed him no matter what he did. And they were ready for his like every reaction. I just felt so bad for him. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's such a well done film. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, having someone as serious as Greg Gravitas. Yes, it really mm-hmm. takes it to the next level. And I'm sure that's. That's why they put him in there. And that's why this movie made a, a billion gajillion dollars. dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, gore factor for this film mm-hmm. one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. We give this a three. Enough blood yeah. to gross out the average viewer. There's the it's decapitation, but it's not a very bloody decapitation. And there's not, everything's kind of, there's impalement and there's hanging, but there's nothing really gory. It's all very stylistic too, I feel like as well. It's not like, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not a, no gushers or anything. Okay. Um, and then we've got our movie ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastic oracle. Um, I give this a four. Because it's not fantastical to me. It's not like, oh, my God, life-changing. But I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the premise and the story. And I was just like, oh, oh. I was mostly annoyed, though, a lot. And okay. that drive, dr- kind of drove me crazy of right. like, dude, like, mm-hmm. do your due diligence. Sure. Don't just let somebody watch your child that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 4.5. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a really good film, but it's not one that particularly cranks my personal chain, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, although I appreciate it for what it is and the cultural significance and everything. So I like it. I would recommend it. Uh, but it's not on my top five must-see kind of stuff. Totally. 
Um, so next week, we're going to be talking about a film that I'm very excited to talk about because I really love this filmmaker. We're going to be talking about Anna Biller's The Love, love Witch. Witch. Oh. So I'm very excited. It very, feels very much up your alley. It I was is. Looking at all the artwork, I was like, literally, Julia yeah. would wear all of this makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, the lighting is you. The yeah. colors are you. Uh-huh. Like, literally everything about it I was like that looks like you Anna Biller and I should be best friends because our aesthetics are identical you really should you all should like make a movie together or something maybe (laughs) she's amazing yeah so we're going to talk about that next week we hope you join us for that in the meantime do check out our Patreon which we always love to have you check out we have lots of cool stuff bonus interviews and tidbits and whatnot we're also on all the social media channels so find us there Uh, rate us on iTunes if you give us uh, you know a nice one we would like that Good, good reviews please um, we're on Spotify as well, too. And yeah, we're on Spotify yeah. now. We're legit, yo. We're so too dope. legit to quit. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, won, I won the MC Hammer, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him video in my sixth grade uh, raffle, and I felt real cool. That was damn cool. You were too legit to quit. <laughs> so, yeah. On that note, we'll see you next week well, for The Love bye. Witch. <laughs>